0: Welcome to the Visions of a Better World podcast. We are part of Global Visions, an association founded in Helsinki, Finland. Our goal is to bring people and organizations together, as well as develop ideas and ways of thinking to make the world a better place. In this podcast series, our association is represented by me, project planner Petri Lahtinen. And Max Dahlberg, the founder and chairperson of the association. We are also inviting guests to the podcast to discuss themes that are important in making the world a better place. Welcome, everyone. Hello, dear listeners. We are once again, and for the final time, for the time being, gathered in the study of uh, Christian Klockers uh, to discuss. Uh, some of the more modern ideas and philosophies regarding justice, and I'm joined as was with the previous times with uh, the founder and chairman of Global Visions, Max Talberg. Welcome, Max. Thank you. Great to be here once again with you all. And naturally with uh, Christian Klockers. Welcome to you. Yes,
1: hello again. Nice to see you again and speak to you again. <laughs> Yes, and, and this
0: uh, final session uh, we will have roughly three topics and we will start with uh, one very, very influential thinker of the 19th century and that is Karl Marx. And to kick off this conversation I was thinking of uh, rather than just giving Christian you a direct, question to... I was thinking of summarizing or making rather uh, some preliminary remarks that might give us a a fair start to this uh, rather complex topic. And uh, while I was preparing for this particular episode, I was reading upon uh, Marx and we previously, we I think we kind of decided that we would focus more on Karl Marx himself rather than going to the endless sea of Marxism and and its different subcategories and different movements within that concept. So I was trying to uh, gather material, source material, and, and, and reading about Karl Marx's own thinking and one issue that instantly came up was that I think there are many historians who who sort of uh, couple Karl Marx with Friedrich Nietzsche and Sigmund Freud in the sense that th- those are the three 19th, 19th century thinkers who have been so influential that their original ideas and uh, and philosophies have uh, started a life of their own and they're being somewhat separated, not, not necessarily separated, but they they're, they have been developed so far that they are sometimes a bit bit uh, more or less quite distant from the original writing. So when we are now focusing today on the idea of justice uh, within Marx... I uh, came across the the debate whether or not Karl Marx even had a theory of justice, and it seems that there are two schools of thought regarding this. One, I think it's maybe it's Tucker Wood thesis that it's called, I'm terrible with names, but that thesis that claims that Marx didn't have a theory of justice as such, and then... On the other hand, a school of thought that uh, assumes that Karl Marx indeed had a theory of justice, but it's more a question of reconstructing that theory from various writings of Marx, that Marx didn't explicitly formulate a theory of justice. So, with that being said, how would you, Christian, yourself approach the question theory of justice when we are discussing Karl Marx and his ideas. Yes, that's a good starting point.
1: Um, And um, it's true that uh, Marx um, avoids very much um, uh, dealing with uh, these very general ethical concepts uh, like justice, equality, democracy in any kind of attempt to to uh, provide a theory of them or give an exact definition of of even of his own conception of these. So there is in that sense uh, no explicit theory of justice to be found in in Marx. On the other hand, when we, on a more general level, think about what we expect from when we speak about justice, you can extract from Marx uh, uh, clear standpoints on issues that we would connect with justice. So so and that's that what what some have tried to do. But there's also a reason why why Marx avoided it. He, he, he does that uh deliberately. And uh um, to come back some of the uh, in, in the previous our previous sessions when when we the first session I think when we discussed the concept of justice. Um, um, it, it has many levels, and Marx viewed sort of at that time justice as something that were used by, by uh, leaders, uh, politicians, to sort of legitimate their own society. So it was used as a concept in that sense, that you developed, you had a kind of society that you wanted to defend, and then you dev- develop a concept of justice to tell everyone this is why our society is good as it is. It should continue to work like this because it is just. And uh, uh, since it was used in that way, and Marx also viewed that that philosophers, especially the German philosophers of his own time, um, he, he says that, that they are they are merely sort of uh, restating the state of the world as it is. Kant and Hegel, they are sort of just putting the kind of society they have into philosophical terms and not saying anything more than that. Mm -hmm. So they have both both of these. You have the usage of notion of justice in politics to defend your own society. And then philosophers that Marx thought were in that sense conservative. They are not saying anything radically new. They are just stating how things are and then formulating principles that are based on the society that you have. And then they call them universal Mm -hmm. make. Stronger, mm. stronger principles. Uh, so this is the reason for the skepticism of Marx. Uh, he saw that philosophy and science and they had run into a, a, this kind of um, a, a state where where, where the conception of justice didn't have any any sort of radical or critical function, but more a conservative function, and that's why why uh, he wasn't interested in in. ...in sort of going into that philosophical topic... ...instead approaching... ...and this is what is I think one of the... ...really new things that comes from Mark... ...instead... ...questions of justice should be approached... ...from the perspective of the society... ...where you... ...that you criticize for it, ...that want you want to evaluate and assess... ...and then what you start from then... ...is not sort of... ...questions... <laughs> for, uh, ...conceptions of justice formulated mm-hmm. by a politician but experiences of injustices in that society. How does, does people experience their own society? What is wrong with it? And you, you, instead, starting up from that point, that becomes sort of Marx's approach in philosophy and other, other realms. You start off from injustices, and then you try to sort of understand and unmask what they are, how they, do they function, and and they work out sort of from out of that kind of perspective, and then you. The the, the task doesn't become anymore to, to sort of then formulate the philosopher coming along formulating the principles, but you stay with that sort of critical approach.
0: Yeah, wasn't that uh, <clears throat> uh, when when we read Marx's writings, all of his writings, uh, I think there's, some who have thought that, uh, his earlier writings were more. The theoretical sort of thing, maybe more philosoph uh, more dealing with philosophy and then later on he came more practical so there's uh, the concept of theory and praxis mm-hmm. are concepts that also are featured in Marx's thinking and 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 maybe he later first he was more uh, maybe i don't know if idealist is right right word but he was more maybe concerned with philosophy and theory and then later on came more and more uh, concerned with the practical issues of, of present his uh, his current current time and 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 trying to find practical solutions to the questions of inequality and and unjustified uh, societal circumstances um in a way, although uh, uh, Mar-
1: Marx is hardly ever really wants to be too practical yes, either. Yes, yeah, of so we uh, must remember that all the time he is, in the end, he is, mm-hmm. he's a uh, he's a writer of sorts. He's mm-hmm. a journalist, sometimes mm-hmm. philosophical, sometimes uh, journalistic uh, mm-hmm. style and other styles that he approaches. So he's a writer all the time. But but yes, with the, when the early Marx. Um, um, of course he has a strong philosophical background so he knows the philosophers and reads uh, especially philosophers like, like Hegel and Rousseau before him um, and, and works from out of that perspective. Uh, but all the time from the start, already as young, I mean that is 25 years, <laughs> when he, the, the early Marx writings, he was 25 to 30 at, at that time. Uh, he is uh, critical towards the sort of German conception of philosophy that has come along from especially Kant and Hegel, mm. and wants really to do something else. Mm. So in that sense, he doesn't want to stay a philosopher of that kind, mm. but he wants to. He still has a philosophical perspective, but wants to do something different. Mm. So then, then comes this this approach towards sort of a critical perspective on society that becomes the basic, and that's something that you don't find in in the early earlier philosophers. In that sense, that you sort of take the the task of, of, of critically mm-hmm. studying your own society as, as the main task. And it's not really a, mm-hmm. of course, it's not a purely philosophical task. It, mm-hmm. it contains, then you can bring in, if you have sciences, <laughs> history, you can bring those in. So, so in that sense, it's true, it's a, a, this a, um, attitude to develop a critical, a critical project, mm-hmm. perhaps more philosophical, well, then, then the later Marx, then he also became interested in really understanding how, how a, um, a capitalist society works at that time and trying to sort of grasp that one. And also thinking then along how can you, well, what comes out of such an, an understanding of, of a capitalist society. So then he becomes more and more intrigued by, by economics Uh, uh, and political economy and these kind of fields where you really try to sort of understand understand society at that time in an empirical and theoretical sense less philosophical perhaps in that sense yes yes and
0: and while we already mentioned that uh, his uh, two points come comes to mind here that uh, first that one of the difficulties sort of speak with interpreting Marx and reading Original Marx is that, uh, for what I've understood, that his, especially his early writings, are very much critiques of, especially Hegel and Kant, and 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 sometimes, for example, if you are sort of a lay person understanding Hegel and Marx, criticism of Hegel is quite. It's it's very sort of high philosophy, very very the mes- metaphysical aspects and the, maybe the difficulty of, of understanding Hegel. Uh, but then there's also the the influence of antiquity, since uh, the sort of nineteenth century German idealism was very. Uh, interested rom- romanticizing uh, the Greek culture for example and, and it's sometimes maybe uh, not so widely known fact that Marx's thesis was about uh, Democritus and Epicurus and uh, from that influence also going back to our previous sessions he was uh, also influenced by the philosophy of Aristotle and and some of those concepts that uh, deal with the organization of society and the pursuits of the individual to pursue a meaningful and uh, satisfying life are also seen there and some also emphasize this Aristotle, the influence of Aristotle on Marx's initial ideas concerning justice, very much. I don't know. Uh, do you have any take on that topic? Do you think there's it's uh, founded to speak of a major influence, or do you think it's it's maybe not so important? Um,
1: I, I think it's it's a bit difficult to sort of find explicitly. Uh, those kind of references, for example, to Aristotle. I'm not sure about that, but of course, uh, when we one of the things I'm uh, this is the second kind of new thing that comes from Marx is that you could say, for the first time in modern modern philosophy, there's an emphasis on action. That's to say, on praxis. Yes, and of course, thinking about Greek philosophy and Aristotle for Aristotle. Praxis is the, in his ethics, that's the central, central, mm-hmm. most central concept. Mm-hmm. And Marx is now developing a philosophy of praxis. <laughs> Although he, he doesn't sort of follow Aristotle's mm-hmm. definitions, but anyway, it's an emphasis on that, how we form ourselves and society in actual action, concrete action. is mm-hmm. sort of, the focus should be on that, mm-hmm so his relation to, to Hegel the most famous one is of course that that, in, in, that he writes as a 25 year old that, that the task would be to Hegel is okay he, because he's historizing categories, he's seeing uh, human beings as part of history as part of the material world, the historical world the social world and here we have Hegel is right, but we need to put Hegel back on his feet because he's walking on the head that's, that's to say he's putting the ideas, reason, and this kind of thing as sort of what what mm. moves history, and he's wrong because it's what we do mm. we, by, through our feet by walking mm. by sort of through praxis, mm. and we should put our focus on that. In that sense, you have this connection with Aristotle, because for Aristotle also, it's it's what we do and how we form ourselves through our action that is mm. the most central category. But that, that's at least one one uh,
0: clear connection. Yeah, and, and I yeah. should maybe point out that this is my reading is based on this one particular book and then you have to always remember that okay this is a uh, present day scholar and and for this the purpose of this sort of uh, podcast one cannot go do like extensive academic research so you, you you must always ask yourself is this the opinion of this particular scholar or is this something that can that can be widely uh, verified that this influence is there but for example if if I want to tie some of our sessions together we were uh, when we were discussing Aristotle one key concept that we discussed was the idea of Eudaimonia. Uh, happiness. Happiness. Yes, as, as and yes. and, and Aristotle, for, <coughs> for him, he, he came, came to the conclusion that, that Eudaimonia, uh, sort of similar to Plato, who we also discussed, was that the individuals can kind of fulfill their, their, their essence or they can be the best versions of themselves. And the, that society, or in his case, the police, provides the sort of circumstances and uh, where where an individual can do this, and it's more instead of pursuing wealth, it's more sort of intellectual uh, virtues. And then when we go to Marx, he emphasized especially in his criticism of capitalism that uh, the self-realization of individuals and then large, more widely when we think of uh, uh, maybe not the police but maybe in his case that the people the idea of general intellect that will have sort of this that they can uh, not only pursue the self-realization but also have this wealth of intellects uh with them but this yes these two ideas for example can be connected whether or not they should be connected or if it's fruitful i don't know but these are for example one idea that i came across that uh, connects the discussion that we have had but uh, yeah 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 yes um uh.
1: Yes. In, in Aristotle, uh, there's a fam- he makes a famous distinction between poiesis and praxis, mm-hmm. and poiesis means uh, the kind of uh, action uh, where you the result is a kind of a product, mm-hmm. outside product. You you make something, but that mm-hmm. doesn't sort of that that's then made and then you can move mm-hmm. on. Whereas praxis is a kind of action where sort of the goal and the means are belong to the same unity. Mm-hmm. So. Happiness is one of these. You is one of these. Mm-hmm. It's it's in what what you do in concrete things, but it's a long-term project mm-hmm. where the goal is always involved in, in, in what you do. So mm-hmm. it, it becomes whole. And and yes, there's a, a, a sort of similar kind of conception in the early young Marx, uh, in in the manuscript that he never published himself, but that was was then uh, found later, uh, beginning of of the twentieth century. Where he writes about alienation, mm. so his, his theory of alienation was not something. It's something that we know about today, but mm. it wasn't known in, in the nineteenth century. It's, it's known, and uh, there he he sort of uh, plays on a similar kind of conception uh, that you find in Aristotle, because in that he he uh, puts forth a conception that that uh, what is sort of a, a, a good human life. Really, he's not writing like this, but we can imagine that that, this kind of thing what is a good life a good life involves uh, that we are we are active beings human beings are active so action is central it's also very central for us that that what we do is meaningful which one thing means that that uh, we might have an aspiration we want to succeed we find it good and then we have the possibility to go through with this aspiration and do what we want to do it's could call this freedom also, and maybe be successful. But anyway, anyway, seem to have some kind of co- clear connection between what we do and and what we what the goals and what we can we can achieve in the world. Mm-hmm. And this is a form of self realization. So so this is similar, very much similar to what you find in Aristotle. A similar kind of conception. And then he, he you know, in those years he he even sort of. This, this is sort of in human nature, really. <laughs> uh, this, this would be uh, doing something that is uh, that is sort of along with what, what is essential to human nature. But then, of course, then he, he throws the whole thing mm-hmm. into the historical perspective. And he doesn't make a philosophical theory of self-realization. Mm-hmm. But he turns it into a critical tool mm-hmm. yes. when viewing... In the kind of society we have had, he has at that time, there are things in society that makes it impossible for people to have this kind of life, and this is capitalist society, mm. if you like, or 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 being a a, a laborer in in an in industrial society, work labor and, and so on, and then he comes up with the notion of alienation, which is then then it has to do with what is meant to be what is sort of a human being, but also it's uh, connected to your position in society. So if you just have wage, labor, go to work, go to the, the factory and work for 12 hours and you you do a lot of things. So it's work there, it's, it's sort of, but what you do belongs to someone else. So the product has does nothing to do with you. Someone has told you do this and then I'll take it, sell it from here. So you are disconnected from you. You spend twelve hours a day to do this, but you're disconnected from that, from the, what you achieve in that, because it mm-hmm. belongs to someone else and has nothing to do with you. So that's one one of the sort of four aspects of alienation uh, that that comes in you. Alienated in that, it's not no longer a practice in that sense. It's, it's someone is taking away. But that that has also consequences when he puts it in this societal pers- Other consequences, yeah. for example, if you just You just work there for your wages, Mm. for your salary. Mm. You sort of are disconnected from other people because this is all you get paid, this is what you should do, and what other people are doing there sort of alongside, but you are not cooperating really Mm. with people. So that's kind of a second aspect of validation. You sort of, in ordinary, in the good form of practice, you would have sort of natural connections with other human beings and cooperate when when it sort of feels good. But in this, you're disconnected from other people, so a second kind of alienation. Mm-hmm. Then also because all of has to do with practice has to do with your connection with nature, with with sort of physical nature, material nature. But in that sense, you also become alienated from 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 nature in the sense that that what you do is just a task that someone else has given, and it's you're sort of disconnected um, from mm-hmm. that. And through this, this whole thing, you are sort of alienated from yourself because you don't have really much time anymore to do those things that are actually practice, mm-hmm. which would be that you would, yes, do things and produce something that you yourself think is a good thing. You would mm-hmm. connect with other people. You would connect with your family, and you could do all kinds of things at the same time. You could have a good relations with family and, your, and take care of your children and do all this, these kind of mm-hmm. important things. So so that in that sense it it's sort of it's related to Aristotle that becomes sort of switch turned into this uh historian. this is the young mark, so it's mm. so it's a uh, and and he he never wrote about these things later. he said dropped this because perhaps he found it too much, so too philosophical
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah and 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 uh, and <clears throat> difference to Aristotle as well or maybe the when we were discussing uh, we start off from the concept of self-realization. In Marx, he also uh, he had sort of two complementary ideas that 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 the labor should be also it should be uh, a channel through which an individual can pursue self-realization, and then on the other hand. Uh, the leisure time uh, that the 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 sort of working environments and circumstances of his time were that there was the amount that you would spend in this sort of alienated work environment increased, and, yes, and yes, that what so. was <laughs> that, that you lose time from the from the leisure time and at the same time the the working hours that where you don't find connect meaningfully li- with other people or with your work or the end result of your work uh, also it is prevalent so so the, uh, I, I at least interpret that Marx thought that these should be the leisure time and the labor should be complementary that that they both should be have uh, a significant input to their to their self-realization of of an individual we don't find any
1: any sort of c- c- concrete suggestions of that kind mm. He uh, really want, don't, don't want to be, be that concrete yeah. so in the in the young marx you find these very idealistic mm. um views of society uh, uh briefly described where, where there's no sort of disconnection between what you do for work or what is leisure time but everything is connected and, and you have a lot of freedom there to sort of move between their areas there's not, they are not separated at all so that you find in the young Marx as a kind of ideal society mm-hmm. model but later later on he completely drops all that, those kind of, of um, uh, descriptions um, And what you find later is really um, uh, well, it's something similar, but but more. Let's say that that he advanced a conception where society should be moved in that direction, where there is sort of close connections between what you do for work, and uh, when you cooperate with other people in society, and and they shouldn't be disconnected from, from from. sort of private life your own individual life family life in the way they are they are now and uh, we don't really find anything much more concrete than that that general this is the way society should be developed so let's yeah <laughs> yeah
0: now when we have all discussed uh, Marx's uh, thinking already a great deal maybe we should uh, take on the one, very central uh, one short uh, idea that Marx presented and that has been very influential uh, so much so that some people just refer to it as the principle that will be in English now when I'm doing a very offhand translation uh, each according to one's ability and for each according to one's need, and that has been maybe one of the most single, the most famous single utterance that Marx has uh, written, and that has been kind of the where what the focal point of what we probably would call distributive justice. That was also a concept that we discussed at the beginning of our very first session. So, uh, how would you view uh, this principle and uh, maybe its influence, especially that it has had? Yeah. Yes, yeah. uh, yeah, from, from each according to ability and, and to each according to needs, mm-hmm.
1: something like that, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, let me begin like, like this um, uh, that, that's uh, usually connected with what we call Marxism. Now, uh, this is a joke which is not a joke, but uh, because I think Marx uh, said, according to some sources, Marx said this himself, I have never been a Marxist, I'm not a Marxist, he said (laughs) about himself. And one of the reasons is, of course, that that these ideas take on their own life, Mm -hmm. and the the, the sort of author behind Mm -hmm. is not necessarily behind it. So you find this phrase in Marx, but he's criticizing it in one place because it's something that some, it's not from him. It was it was a regular idea from mm. what was called socialism at that time. Mm. So I think it's in the critique of the Gotha program. You find this as he's quoting it. <laughs> so is this the way? And then he's criticizing uh, uh, this this principle. I can't remember exactly how the the creed goes. So mm. so no no not really. He's not uh, advancing that thesis. But it's of course uh, it's of course it's a very concrete thesis. Mm. So you can expand and build something on that. Mm. Begin to think about it. But he's not sort of um, um, working out any kind of conception like that ever. Um, so, so we know Marx is sort of criticizing philosophy for being idealistic. Criticizing is for not taking sort of society into account. But he himself, he, he doesn't want to, he's not in that sense uh, producing political uh, solutions to his issues or he more criticizing them than than producing his own you can find of course you can find some you can find in the famous uh, uh communist manifesto mm-hmm. written by b- together with engels there you can find some more concrete but they are still on a very general level so you you don't you don't find very much of this as a kind of well this is not a joke either he he I think he has one um Concrete thing that he says that um, that everybody society should give everybody uh, shoes because that's the starting point. In order to be able to work, you need shoes. So everybody should have the right to shoes. <laughs> but that's, I think, almost the only concrete thing that he actually sort of puts forward uh, just in passing because he's not sort of in that interested in uh, in, um, in producing a political program.
0: So if we, if we even if we reject that uh, aforementioned the, the principle as something that Marx was actively advocating, we can uh, turn to one uh, other topic that we all already have discussed during our previous session, that is uh, liberalism, and apparently Marx was also uh, I don't want to say very critical, but one of his critiques was. Uh, uh, concern with the liberalism yeah, yeah. of his time and and especially that maybe well I don't want to make too uh, too much of my own interpretations but when I'm, I'm thinking about this uh, principle that we are not now we are not giving Marx the sort of Mm-hmm. so uh, we are not saying that marx advocated that but maybe the idea that it's li- still possible to expand on that yes yes, I agree. yes but the the the, the uh, even though marx uh, there were certain elements that apparently marx was advocating uh, within liberalism for example the freedom of speech free press and yeah, uh, yes. and and, uh, and uh, yes the 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 freedom of expressing one's opinions and ideologies and such, but also that maybe they sort of individual, uh, individually focused idea I- in in societal existence, and also the the economy uh, that liberalism was advocating was were mm. some of the things that Marx was perhaps m- most critical towards uh, liberalism. Yes, of course, the focus
1: um, on. Uh kind of individualist focus was something that he was critical uh, in the sense that he uh, really uh, demanded that we should view the whole picture of society and take into account sort of all members of society Mm -hmm. on a a similar level and in that sense uh, when it comes to his critique of liberalism the main critique is that he views uh, liberalism as uh, sort of advocating formal Mm -hmm. principles a, in contrast with concrete yeah. principles, which means when liberal talks about individual rights mm-hmm. in, and freedom, uh, they are stated and defended in the form of formal principles. Mm-hmm. And if you have formal principles and you have, for example, a society where people are in different positions, then these formal some formal principles like individual rights might be sort of better Mm. for those who already have a good position in society while those underprivileged might not have much use Uh, that's how Marx thinks Mm. for for formal principle if you have a formal principle you have sort of the right to apply for work Mm. but there's no work available Mm. it doesn't really help whereas those who are already in a high position Mm. and they have this formal right Mm. to apply for any work well They already have work, so it doesn't make a difference. And he was very critical with this view of this sort of liberalism, which he then viewed as a kind of ideology, which in the end means that that this this is a model that supports those who are already in a good position and doesn't do any good for those in a worse kind of position. We know today that that the emphasis on these kind of rights is extremely important for minorities and underprivileged also. So, but, but at that time, Mark was very critical with this sort of formal aspect of liberalism and instead uh, emphasised sort of uh, the concrete and real aspects and what is sort of so. Developed. So what would it mean in actual society uh, to have freedom? Well, then we can come back to that principles if, according to your abilities, what you can do, that, that's sort of a freedom, but do not demand more. <laughs> so, let's say that uh, I come from an underprivileged position, uh, maybe I have some health problems, but I can do something. Okay, so I need something more than just the right to apply for any job. I need to find the kind of job that I can do. So, that, that would, of course, be more concrete. Yes. And then, of course, to, to see to, exactly the same way to see to uh, the differences in need between people if you're in a good position you don't have much sort of you don't need <laughs> many things but if you are underprivileged health problems other things you might need something else so that that would be then a more concrete conception of that, than the formal conception of liberalism so in a way uh, I mean Marx was very much in favor of freedom as you said but then wanted to think about what is concrete Freedom in concrete, that in a way that it it sort of um, involves everyone, that everybody would have the same actual concrete possibilities and rights. And to think through that, yes.
0: Yes, and I I read somewhere that that some of this, which we now discuss, was uh, perhaps a critique or reaction to something called strict egalitarianism that is like, okay, everyone gets the same things same uh, sh- share so it doesn't take into consideration that okay there are people in who have different inborn uh, capabilities and abilities and are uh, in d- different position according to their uh, position in the society and such and uh, also this each according to one's abilities that that you can say that yes uh, kind of liberally thought that yes uh, everyone can get the opportunity to work in this factory but then if you are like physically impaired you cannot do that work so you you but you should have the right to still uh, uh, pursue a working career or the same sort of uh, tools and materials of self-realization so maybe this was somewhere
1: uh, where i was getting at that yeah, this yes. is behind uh, marx quoting that principle of equality. yes yes yeah, yeah exactly yes it, it's all yeah it's coming back to the in, in the same mm-hmm. that when you if you just put for, forward a for formal principle like equality uh it, it doesn't necessarily help especially those in underprivileged positions mm-hmm. To just have that formal principle. Quite the contrary, it might just state that you have this right, so we don't need to. You don't need anything else. But that Marx, of course, claims that 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 you, you need to mm, transform society in a way that that would give everybody the possibility to to have uh, freedom, and in that in this sense be equal. You don't have to have the same income level. You don't have to do the same things. Quite the contrary, and and all these kind of things. But you should have to strive towards that everybody has uh, this possibility of, of freedom and, and in that sense equality, yes.
0: Yes, and I was also, uh, because now I'm just, while we are discussing, I'm just, uh, because I have done quite intensive reading about the topic for this past month, so I'm, I'm searching the various canvases mm. and, and, and the corners of my memory, so be going a bit uh, backwards, uh, because we were discussing that uh, that there are certain ideas or even theories that have been attested to Ma- uh, Marx that are not necessarily true. They are very. They are a question of interpretation. So one idea uh, that came to my mind that uh, is also this one connection that some scholars have drawn between Aristotle and Marx was the idea that that, for example. Uh, the sort of refusal of formulating a very explicit theory of justice is due to the philosophical conclusion that uh, questions of ethics and justice are not found per se in nature and then they are also variable due to uh, societal, cultural and historical circumstances so uh, would you make the interpretation that Marx was perhaps for these reasons uh on most reluctant to formulate sort of uh, theory of justice explicitly in his writings because he perhaps viewed that the, a theory of justice or more widely uh, uh, ethics is something that cannot be made universal? Uh, uh difficult to take a clear standpoint mm-hmm.
1: on that but it's clear that uh, Marx did not view this project at, as, uh, as sort of um, a good one mm-hmm. at all uh, and exactly for the reason that he, he according to him mm-hmm. uh, the task was um, to study actual societies mm-hmm. and not become a philosopher in that sense, he didn't believe much in the in the sort of philosophy as as emancipatory project in the sense that it would formulate principles for us to sort of fo- follow yeah strict guidelines yeah, strict guidelines mm. uh, uh, that that's the wrong way to go it's mm. uh, I mean philosophy is important but that's not the task philosophy's mm. task is more like uh, m- making intelligibly and unmasking how things work and and, and study, for example, uh, if you take a certain conception of justice, what follows from this actually? How has it, if you take a society, has it been impl- implemented and what did follow there? And then, of, of course, in a more general level to see if you, if you take this, what follows actually? And what are the, the, the sort of restrictions, uh, limits of this conception of justice? Uh, that, that's a valuable project, project of unmasking and, and, and that. Um, um, so, uh, uh, yes, uh, on the other hand, you, you do find uh, certain hints uh, in that are of, of a universal nature in Marx. Um, and by the way, I, when, we, when we talk about it, I think uh, people should just read <laughs> Marx himself, <laughs> because you will be surprised what you find it's not the standard kind of Marxist vocabulary or Marxist. You, you, he's, a, he's a brilliant writer and writes in many styles. And what you find there, his thesis coming up, they will surprise most people. So, for example, the young Marx again, this is again from the, the critique of Hegel, so he claims in Australia. So, so the, the solution to the riddle of all constitutions, uh, that is democracy. So this might come as a surprise <laughs> to people. Mm. Democracy in the sense of, I mean, power of the people, mm. and that's the solution. Mm. And he repeats this. You can find it also in the Communist Manifesto. That's democracy is sort of where we should go. Mm. <laughs> democracy at that time doesn't exist, mm. so he's sort of in in that sense it's mm. a it's a principle, mm. and it's, it's it sounds very universal. Mm. So there you can find this kind of things uh, and he also po- talking about sort of social humanity uh, humanity or the, the humanity as the principle of humanity <laughs> it's all of humanity the all inclusive principle of, of all human beings uh, uh, this is also very general ethical principles in a way so you do find find uh, these but he's not interested he's sort of in a philosophical level to go any deeper. But, but ask what is then the task well then we have to think about um, exactly if you develop a certain conception of society or democracy mm-hmm. what's the actual consequences of this conception mm-hmm. and uh, uh, if, if we read in I mean in, in a more uh, contemporary perspective uh, at the back it seems to be a kind of principle that or that that some some sort of readers or Marx uh, interpreters of Marx and of also other things that, that that principles like justice is not something that, that it all, uh, at all is possible to formulate in any final sense. We couldn't, couldn't really, it, it, it's a bit of a crazy idea really to think that we could, have, us three here, let's say we sit here mm-hmm. and then we come up with a really, really good conception mm-hmm of justice theory of justice now we come this is it and then we would sort of okay now we can't say anything more about justice so let's just
0: tell the rest of the world here it is yes we found and it and everybody would
1: say oh wow well, good uh, now we don't need to think about this anymore and this is now the truth also for the next generation and next generation uh, so that's a bit then you would be sort of you would be considered crazy. <laughs> we would be really crazy. So, and, and it, in some sense, this is uh, the background, it's, it's it's another kind of philosophy that comes up from the nineteenth uh, uh, century onwards when when philosophy becomes more sort of a part of history. That you you see that okay, you you can formulate general principles, but you can never believe that you reach final solutions when it comes to these big concepts like justice. You have to leave it open. You can try out a theory and suggest a theory, but if you believe that this is now everybody must stop thinking from mm-hmm. out now on, then it becomes authoritarian and crazy, and it's no longer justice. So, in a way, Marx moves in in this general spirit. I think that we can't go there. It's no point trying. So let's do something else.
0: Yeah, I would like also also to make the brief notion that I also. Uh, uh, I'm advocating people to read Marx, that's great, uh, but one, one thing that is present there as uh, not so much, but at some, to some extent, as was with, uh, when we were discussing Plato, that that when you read Marx, let's say you take the, the, the enormous work of Capital, and, yeah. and that's traditionally, uh, it's divided into three books, and then you might re- re- we have, have we, it, have, it. It we yeah. have it here in uh, physically in this this space we are now recording uh, unfortunately you are just listening to this so you cannot see it but it's here uh, so you take the <laughs> first book you start reading it yeah and you like there's maybe one concept one idea you read about it and you're like okay got it and then you continue on reading maybe you come to book three you read about the same concept or idea but then you're like Wait a minute. This is not. Yes. <clears throat> this has somewhere. This has transformed to something else. And then, uh, other than that, then there's of course that Marx wrote many many different texts. So and he's uh, well, maybe a bit typical to the to to his time. He's like not like in this previous text I dealt with this topic and I said this and this and this but now I'll say this and this and this so you have to kind of it, it's you and it may it's perhaps telling that now there's so much books about Marx and, mm. and people uh, tend uh, if, if you are if you are sort of like beginner to Marx yeah. you don't go to the source material you first like take up uh, some uh, general books that work as an introduction to the idea and then yeah, you maybe work well, up your courage to go to read Marx's original text. Well, well I wouldn't start with Capital because
1: that's that's really um, it, it starts in the middle of something and, and sort of it's always throughout in the middle of something that he never finished anyway um, uh, so it's a very difficult work to do but if you I think if you pick anything else by Marx you'll find this Quite, quite different style there, and uh, and it's he starts in the middle of controversy in, in all of these texts. So uh, those you can read straight for. It's good to take interpretation and see. Okay, well, what was this about? Usually, of course, he's he sometimes he's in a very journalistic style. He takes things as they are at that time. Starts from events. Uh, so you, of course, it's good to know. What are the events in question? What he's talking about, uh, but yes, yeah. capital is not the best best way to start. Of course, now some of the listeners will go and borrow capital. Yeah, but <laughs> let's
0: let's give them a ter- alternative <laughs> so they don't get disencouraged. What this encouraged? So, if you would have to pick one work by Marx to recommend, start with this. What would you?
1: Recommend. Oh, there's so many. Um, oh, one work. I think uh, the German ideology, ideology uh, Deutsche Ideologie, is a, is a good starting point there because there you find formulated introduction, sort of his most basic principles of what he calls historical material, materialism or the conception of, of human beings, uh, sociality, and society, very briefly. And directly formulated. I like that introduction to the to mm-hmm. German ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's one way to start. Mm-hmm. Then, if you're interested in alienation and these topics, you have the economic philosophical manuscripts where he speaks about very really clearly. You know, in, in, in that. If you're interested in in sort of um, some of the one of May most may, famous, may uh, most famous sort of historical works is the hated brumaire of Louis Bonaparte, where mm-hmm. where he sort of uh, you find a lot of most famous quotes uh, from Marx, like "Men make history, but they do not form history in as as free, fresh uh, ticket but as from the circumstances from where you live and that conditions you." And you find this kind of, and then reading, reading sort of the transformation of France from from the appearance, sudden appearance of Emperor Louis Bonaparte in the middle of. 19th century mm-hmm. so these kinds of works are
0: very literary literary in a way so can we all here come to the conclusion that uh, even though uh, Marx did not formulate an explicit theory of justice that we all here agree that that there was uh, this theory of justice can be constructed from his writing is that something
1: that we agree upon yeah well he has a a sort of let's call it a project of justice that Mm. you very clearly can find Mm. Uh, it's a kind of global project in Mm. a way Mm. it's about equality and uh, humanity Mm. and and freedom Mm. and you find this notion of democracy there also as sort of that that's sort of what it's all about Mm. so it's the connection, the connecting sort of humanity Mm in a way that would everybody would would sort of be free and equal. That that kind of thing is the is the project. Uh, uh, You can call that a conception of just Mm a basic. It doesn't say very much because it has no no sort of Mm -hmm. more concrete content. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then then sort of the second you have the second task that is Marx. Then you have to go down and study society Mm -hmm. and especially not that focus on formulating uh, theory in a the positive sense, but to study injustices. Now, justice is an injustice. They could be seen as a sort of opposites or sy- symmetrical. If you know what is justice, you know what is unjust. But it doesn't really work like that. It's much easier for us to uh, have a picture of what is injustice, and we don't really need to have a theory of justice to see that this is wrong. It is not just people shouldn't be treated in that way. Uh, so, so we can start with injustices, but then we can of course begin to reflect upon those injustices. What, what are they? What? How, how come these are injustices? Are they connected to something that is happening in society? How come things are like that? And are they actually injustices in the end? We can sort of come back, come back to that, and that's then not. Formulating a theory of justice, you can have a concept, a basic general conception of justice that Marx clearly is having, but then what you actually work with is some is sort of injustices. Mm.
0: As we have, <coughs> uh, we like to paint very big pictures. Here. Yes, <laughs> we, we and we previously because we have uh, discussed uh, uh, thinkers and and maybe historical movements that are have been. Uh, More or less uh, further from our present day, but Marx is of course a bit closer. So maybe uh, it would be still interesting to ponder whether or not Marx's ideas, uh, in particularly in the context of this discussion, his ideas on justice, are usable and maybe practicable in our present day, since. I could make the notion that uh, because the, we have discussed the, the, the phenomena of capitalism as one of the most important historical circumstances and backdrops for Marx's uh, ideas and philosophy. And even though Marx and Engels envisioned the end of capitalism, uh, currently when we are recording this in the year 2023, 20, capitalism is far from uh, over, so uh, let's let's put it this way Christian, would you uh, if you would even want to if you would an- want to analyze maybe the questions of injustice, and mm-hmm. questions of justice that revolve around capitalism would you still find it uh, fruitful, and perhaps useful to go back to Marxist thinking, or would you prefer... Marxism and, and theories that have been influenced by Marx and might be uh, more current and, and, and so, so in that way somehow more relevant to present day? Um, well, I, I do
1: think that uh, uh, sort of the kind of approach developed Marx and then continued in what I called, what is called critical theory, which will be discussed soon, that's very much uh, something uh, ex- extremely important and alive. Um, so exactly this idea that I've been emphasizing of uh, rather go and study, for example, injustices and reflect upon their intelligibility, mm. how they are all connected to conditions and other and as a society, form of, forms of society and these kind of things. Um, and I'd be more interested in in that than developing sort of philosophical theory of of justice as as such. This is very much uh, 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 alive. Um, then, of course, well, uh, Marx. When we read Marx himself, of course, he's writing; he's in the nineteenth century. He's viewing the emergence of a new kind of society, industrial society, that is stared by capital. Uh, Capitalist mode or a capitalist mode of of a society, uh, and then in connection with that, he's of course saying a lot of writing a lot of things that we know today are stupid. Uh, so he had this idea of the dictatorship of the proletariat as sort of kind of temporary solution to the problem. You you a revolution and then you uh, have dictatorship of the proletariat as as a sort of temporary before. Uh, we have a free society and uh, this of course we know today is a very bad idea <laughs> i would say that that um that that sort of seems that doesn't seem to a good good way to go mm-hmm. so you find these kind of things of course in marx because and he couldn't see what was coming he had no idea at that time i guess of of the kind of totalitarian societies that we would have in the 20th century that was sort of not conceivable even like i would i would I would guess at that mm-hmm. time nobody had sort of idea that it could go that way mm-hmm. there was a lot of optimism you thought yes mm-hmm. if we just if. still Marx is a bit of Hegelian he, be, he believes in progress and mm-hmm. development and that you could formulate the way to go and we are much more skeptical today I guess so so this this both kinds but but I do think that the the, the project formulated in this that I try to formulate it is, is something that is very much very important still today
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us at www.globalvisions.fi. Check out also Max's book, which is available to download for free at www.amissionofabetterworld.net. We are also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and Discord. Everyone is welcome to take part in our activities and discussion, which is an invitation to reflect on how to make the world a better place.